0: Let's go, batter up, we're taking the afternoon off. It's a beautiful day for a ball game, for a ball game today. The fans are out to get a ticket or two, from Walla Walla, Washington to Carolina.
1: Greetings, Grandstanders! Welcome to an imaginative edition of Grandstand Podcast. Today we have a, another special edition. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the All-Star Game that just took place, uh, the, the MLB All-Star Game that just took place here in San Diego just a couple days ago. Uh, there were some really interesting uh, observations made by the grandstand. And we want to kind of talk about them today. We have a special guest here with us to, to give us a, a, an in-depth insider look at the All-Star game. But before we do all that, uh, let me introduce my partner in crime, the professor. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys? Doing great. Uh, what, what, so, so tell us something. Uh, how's, how's everything over there in, uh, in the New York City? Where you checking in from? Give us something from the ground there. Very
2: muggy, very hot, very humid, um, but that's not stopping all the Pokemoners from
1: flooding the streets in full effect. Oh, For fuck's sake! Don't get me started with that. Yeah. So, have you been running into them? They're they're everywhere. Literally everywhere.
2: Like um, any place I go into, um, people are either playing or they're talking about it. Uh-
0: <laughs> I was texting and walking the other day, and some guys stopped me and asked me if I was playing. I'm like, I'm fucking texting somebody, man. <laughs> like, it really pissed me off for some reason.
1: <laughs> so let me introduce our guest, uh, making a return to the, to the grandstand, one of the ushers in the, for those of you who remember the usher episode, uh, uh, back in the studio to give us some insider information on the All-Star Game, Rafa Palmer, How are you? Welcome back to Grandstand. Very good, good. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so, before we get into all the All Star Game things, I I want to I want to add just one little thing about the Pokemon thing. I still don't I still haven't really taken the time to understand what it is. Um, so, I just have a quick question before I, I proceed to be even more indignant when I as I go out today and, and run into these people, especially since Comic Con's happening this week. That's got to be like Pokemon, like that's like got to be like the, the the World Cup of Pokemon people right there, right? I th- yeah
2: I would think so but you know the the what what I've been uh, most shocked by is um, Pokemon seem- this game seems to be transcending any type of like subcultural group like it's from like I would ex- like you're saying I would expect it's like Dungeon and Dragon type people who would who would be the ones playing this but I'm seeing like. People who look like they like go to clubs and stuff. Like uh, of all age groups, everyone, <laughs> all colors, all all backgrounds. Like um, that, and that's what I'm really taken aback by. Like um, this, this isn't something just reserved for like uh, uh, anime people.
1: So this is not a. It's it, and it's it's not a distraction tool by the CIA to make everybody happy. Considering the state of affairs in the world, I think that's it's that's very. I mean,
2: you, I'm sure you've. Read all the conspiracy theories about what this is really about
1: i haven't really i just saw this one article in uh, in uh, mcsweeney's the believer one of these on um, one of these magazines I subscribed to, and that was one of the things they said and i thought oh that's brilliant i haven't really haven't really gotten into the conspiracy theory stuff but i I, I want to talk about all star game but I really want to just ask you this professor uh so is this is this pokemon thing like so when I feel resentful and spiteful and and I want to just like like swing whatever I have at, at these people playing the Pokemon thing because they're on their phones and they look like zombies. Is that is that the same thing as as like uh, when rock and roll came on the scene and 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 the adults were just kind of saying like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. These these kids are just so like they're just they're they're, they're hypnotized, mesmerized by this like uh, devil's music. It, it, am I am I have I just become one of those people that just hates on something new that I don't understand that that i'm uh that i'm i'm just like afraid of because it's unknown to me uh i just become another generational cliche well i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't word it so
2: i wouldn't be so hard on yourself but 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 yeah um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i and, and i'll tell you a, a really funny story about i i got to experience- i got to see it was it was so amazing um Two old, like two elderly people, like they've got to be there in like their seventies, maybe even in their eighties, um, and they were talking about it. they were, and they were basically saying like, "What the hell?" Like they didn't get it, and they and they said that like they're like, you know, they're, they're like zombies walking around
1: with their phones, you yeah.
2: mm-hmm. And a and a, uh, a teenager, like maybe like in her late late teens, early twenties, uh, came in, and I told her, I said, "Hey, can you explain to them? Explain to them, They're they're talking about Pokemon. Can you explain to them how the game works?" Huh? And it was the funny, like, she was like, oh, well, um, so she like took out her phone and she's like showing them and she's like, well, you know, you, you, you catch the, you know, the Pokemons and, and, and they, and, the, and they, this is literally the questions that they were going, like,
1: so, okay, so, so, so,
2: so, so when you trap the animals, <laughs> what,
1: what, what do you, what, what do you
2: do next? Like what did he say? The, the old man said, d- do they like come up and shake your hand? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like um no well no like you can um you just collect them and and you can fight them and they're like
1: oh, you fight them <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, and in the end she she didn't even know how to even go about explaining this game um they like in the end they they everyone left like more confused than than before and and all they left it off with was they both said you know she uh, b- 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 these kids, they, they don't interact with each other anymore. And, and I, that's
1: what I keep saying, and that's what I keep repeating, and that's why it gets on my damn nerves. But I don't really know anything about that. I mean, I'm, I'm not a sociologist. I I don't even understand the the, the breadth and scope of, of what this means. But yeah, seems like
2: people are, are interacting with each other even more now.
1: I you mean, you could I, make an I, argument for that. I was
2: I was at Central Park, and people were just out at the park. Like it was it was it was a hot day, and they were still out there, and and. I don't know. I assume they were playing Pokemon, but um, I even saw Raven Simone, um, and I'm pretty sure she was probably playing Pokemon, um, and, you know, if that's, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. if after this is over, it'll be something else that people are...
0: There there have been large congregations of people that probably would never have talked to each other, like hanging out on street corners at Bobo Park. I saw it several times this week, where it's just like, they come in to each other, they meet at the same spot, and they're like... Oh, and then they just become friends instantly it's a it's a phenomena.
1: so how ironic that this digital technology that I talk so much shit about is is actually bringing people together as opposed to separating separating them um and then also um maybe it's a sport and maybe we can spectate it and have a dedicated entire episode. We've already dedicated like twenty minutes to it right now, so <laughs> what oh, the yeah. Fuck?
0: Craig, Craigslist uh has I was looking. I, this is one of my uh, guilty pleasures. I just go on Craigslist and look at random shit for sale. People offering rides, jobs, everything. And uh, people are offering their services to be Pokemon Go drivers. Wow.
2: Which would be like drive people around
0: as they're catching Pokemons?
2: Yeah, so you pay them <laughs> a flat rate and they
0: drive you around town. Oh, my God. Because like, you don't have to find parking. You just jump out, he circles around the block and catch Pokemon and go catch the next one.
1: Yeah, so there. I, I know nothing about Pokemon. I just learned a bunch of new shit about Pokemon. So I'll stop talking shit about Pokemon and get into our episode today. We want to talk about the All-Star Game. Uh, where, where to begin? Where to start? Be- before I start to wax pathetic on stuff, uh, how, about I, how about I start with, uh, Professor, there was something that you really wanted to talk about, which is uh, the Home Run Derby. The Home Run Derby is the event that takes place uh, before the All Star Game, part of a weekend-long series of events that occur leading up to the All Star Game, uh, so so this this what used to be just this one single game that was played called the Midsummer Classic has now turned into an almost week-long uh, 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 activity. But Professor, you wanted to mention or talk about something uh, with regard to the Home Run Derby? Uh, yeah. So did, um, I know Ralphie's. You were
2: at at the Home Run Derby, right? Yeah. Um, did you watch it, Mario? I watched bits and pieces of it. Um, yeah, so I thought it was funny. I was I was watching it and and it remind like this was the first home run derby I've watched in a while. Like I, when I was a kid, I used to like it. I thought it was really cool. And then I just and then eventually like I just kind of got bored by it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and especially if there's no pod, like the main reason I watched it this this year was just to see. I wanted to see like what Peco Park looks like uh like just how it comes off on ESPN right um and then um and, all, and because Will Myers was in it right um but dude what's so funny about it is like as I was watching it before Will Myers came on I remembered like oh that's right this is boring like, <laughs> this is like it's it's so and 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 Bob Costas uh I I pulled up a quote from Bob Costas where he says uh talking about the home run derby he says uh, and you know Bob Costas loves baseball but he says anyone who enjoys it is welcome to it, but with very few exceptions, I have always found it mind-numbingly repetitive and boring. Um, hmm. Because when you think about it, like it's like a guy hitting the ball pretty much in the same like in the same direction over and over. Right. Like sometimes it goes over the fence, and sometimes it doesn't.
1: Right. Um,
0: Why has this been the format? This time thing?
1: It's definitely sped it up. I mean, it, yeah, because it, be, be it used to be, it used to be, it used to be ten pitches before, right? something yeah, like if you're that.
0: Hitting home runs like you those 10 pitches can turn into like fucking 100 pitches. Yeah, so you get you 10 out. 10, 10 pitches
1: out. and you can you could take you could take a pitch. You can take as many pitches as you want. Right. Yeah. And 10 then, outs, And right. then
0: the guy pitches also the I don't like I said I don't know how long the format has been this way, but you bring in your pitcher. And the Will Meyerson, I think Will fucking I think that was such an embarrassing thing for San Diego, the Padres and everything. <laughs> it was like, like, we didn't have to get the pity spot, man. That was just embarrassing. He hit fucking nine home runs. Everybody was cranking like 20 home runs at a time. The guy hit nine. He had his brother pitching to him. That was but, the problem. He hit him. Yeah. His brother <laughs> fucking hit him. And he was like pitching fast. He could fucking, <laughs> he's pitching fast from half the distance, too. Like Not even like from the top of the mound. He's, it's like half the distance. Professor, what? did you think it was boring?
2: So pretty much after Will Myers, I wasn't really interested in it anymore. But what caught my attention, what I, what I, something I had, never, I hadn't realized before, was, um, and it's something we talked, we kind of talked about in a previous episode about, you know, there's it's there's like the event going on on the field, but then there is you know the the, the impact that the fans have, you know, and and I think Ralph is you you can speak to to right. so how to how pumped so up the fans that's, were.
1: That's that's what I want to talk about next because I've heard it from several different people that it was really fun actually being there, present. Uh, so, Rafa, you were there. T- tell us about it. I,
0: I agree with that 100%. Um, I caught myself just, like, kind of looking at the sidelines, watching Dave Ortiz, like, meeting guy, Like, just these guys in this group hanging out, you know? They're all sitting there on couches, and they're all bullshitting. I sat next to the Fraser guys' family, and uh, who was the other family? Oh, and... Um, God damn it. American League Day. Can't think of his name right now, I'll remember. But as we sat amongst families and it was that was kinda cool. We sat next to Fraser's son, who's at Vito's age, and he was excited for his dad and he like he's like that was kinda cool, but um I mean my two and a half year old son who sat through an extra innings two one ball game who just loved it, like he will sit through the entire thing, was bored by the home run derby. Like we had to get up, walk around, we had to go sit with Yoshi for a little bit. And like I had to go buy him fucking gummy bears just cause he's like, I wanna go home. I wanna go home. He was like and that and home runs in a regular game are his favorite fucking thing because the fireworks go off. <laughs> and he's like Mario's sat through a game with him and he loves the home run. And he was bored. Two and a half year old kid. So But um, but, but, the, but the at least from what I was seeing from T V, the crowd looked lit.
2: Like they the crowd looked pumped up. Oh yeah, they
0: had a DJ on they had a DJ on the field and it's just like kinda just like and and it's I watched the home part of the home run derby on ESPN, and the format like eliminates a lot of that waiting and the weird like they fill in. So uh, <clears throat> I feel like ESPN made it more exciting than it. I mean, it was exciting. Don't get me wrong. And maybe because we were sitting, we we're sitting like six rows from the from the infield, the first base side, which are the season tickets we have. And maybe if you were catching bombs in left field, that might would have been more exciting. Mm-hmm. But then the final round was cool. Giancarlo Stanton's like cranking all his home runs, like, like it just he kept like putting them in the upper deck, like, and each time it just go further and further. So that was exciting. And then having homeboy try to hit twenty, twenty-seven home runs and like knowing he's not going to catch them. So, but like there's still an instance where like, oh man, maybe he can do it, and then it didn't
1: happen. So, so, so the excitement builds as the rounds progress. Yeah. and as, as. Oh, the
0: first rounds, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to sit through this entire thing.
1: Right, uh, so, so so there is an element of of there is there is there is some excitement at least, right? I mean, yeah. I, obviously there is excitement. I'm just uh, saying that a a two one pitchers duel was is more exciting than the home run derby. I would agree with that, but some people some people would disagree completely with that. They 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 think a two one game is 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 boring. Uh, uh, professor, anything you want to add to that?
2: Yeah. So the the when watching it on TV. The critical, the the <laughs> crucial ingredient I realized is the is the commentator. Um, okay. The uh, boomer dude, uh, he he is fun. Like I didn't, and we all like you know we we know he's um, we know how he rolls and and
1: and how he you know his style. I'm talking um, about David Wells, uh, 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 infamous and famous. Uh, uh, wait, are you talking about no no no, no, no. about Chris Berman? Chris Berman, Berman. yeah yeah. Chris Berman, who calls the home run derby, that's true, Um, dude. So I didn't didn't get to hear it. So so dang okay. So that adds that I had the TV, the TV on, but no audio. So
2: so think of it like this, and that's what I that's that's what I realized when watching it was like, oh man, what makes this event at least for the television viewer, which is the majority of viewers, is Chris Berman, Um, and I'm curious, like what I'm wondering, you know, they better replace him with someone who's equally as good because he's like. He's like, uh, you know, when 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 you to get a kid excited, you just pretend like something very mundane is really like, whoa, you do that. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does the whole time. He's like a home run is hit and he's like, whoa, amazing, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> and so that's and, and that's like we react to that. Like as people, we it, uh, uh, having fun is contagious, you know, and so if someone around you is acting like they're having the time of their life. It makes you feel like oh this is fun um and that's and to me i think that's really all it is it's chris berman uh making everyone watching uh feel like oh this is this is so exciting because he he acts with with every home run he's like oh my is it gonna scrape the screen is it gonna oh (laughs) my god
0: i'm glad you said that because you know what one thing i forgot about that i left out was that before uh it went live on national tv we're sitting there, kind of waiting around, and Fall Out Boy is playing. I I think it was Fall Out Boy. It was, yeah, it was the band. It was one of those whiny bands. Yeah, and like they were playing, on the, on, like on the the, on the, the actual band was there. The, the uh, stage was right behind the mound. Okay. So they're playing a free show, well, a show to the fans, and it was just like, I'm like, God, these guys are boring. Like this is like they weren't like it was so weird, and and it felt like they were just warming up, and that's exactly what it was, because then all of a sudden. They go, All right, San Diego, we're about to go live to the nation on ESPN, so get ready. And when they said that, the people were like, Whoa, and then the the very first line, and then Fall Out Boy, like the fireworks fly and fucking they start jamming. They went from like, I'm like, Man, this band is born to like they just start dancing and fucking like the show started and like people were like, Yeah and then like and then like they introduced the DJ and the DJ was like and like fireworks over the DJ stand and all this shit and it turned into this whole thing and then it was it was amazing. Like it was like oh, and then people were just pumped. But at first, I was like, man, like what's going on? This band sucks kind of thing. And then the most exciting thing that happened was that the fucking the the fog, the little machine thing. I don't know, but it's, it pretty much shoots fog in the air and at high pressure. The hose broke and the fucking went, <laughs> and it almost killed like five like crew members. Like <laughs> this guy literally jumped on it and like held it down, and they turned off the compressor. That was the most exciting thing of that part of the of the day. So see,
1: if it doesn't happen on TV, it never really did happen. It's not a real thing, if it, unless it happens on television. Um, I want to quote Yoshi from Pod's Pod. She said, what an experience. So fun to see fans just having fun. What was she referring to that? To, to, to the people, in this, to just fans in general, or to Padre fans? To what was she, Who was she talking about there?
0: I think the lines were blurred. Because everybody was wearing the Padres brown and yellow.
1: Which we need to talk about, by the way. And uh,
0: the lines were blurred. And nobody... You didn't know who it was. A Yankee fan, you don't know. Like, there's a little fucking patch on the side. And if you really want to go that far. But it said National or American. And everyone's just, like, excited to be there. So, the fact that, like, the lines were blurred in that sense. And then people were just like, it's the All-Star game. There's no... There's no heated rivalry here. Nobody's really... Nobody's really gonna fight somebody over like, God damn, you guys took home field advantage. And I wanna and years. I wanna
1: talk about that later too. Uh I I think Yoshi was referring to Padre fans and to just the city of San Diego in general, because we've had such a shitty run of of not very good seasons. And I think to bring back that kind of uh buzz and excitement to to San Diego with uh at, at the at Petco was uh, I think what she was referring to. Uh just to see people having fun again, and not and not thinking, "Damn, we're gonna lose again or something." Uh, Professor, anything you want to comment with regard to that? Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, that's that's what I took it as too. Is um, it
2: it was not, and, and from TV, it, it you could you could sense it, you could sense that the the crowd was having a blast, um, and that was, I don't know, that that makes me feel good too to to know that people are, it's like people are having fun at our house.
1: Yeah, there was an element of that, right? Yeah. And that's why we tuned in. I mean, I, I tuned into for the Will Myers thing, but I think number one, the number one reason was because it was in San Diego, and I, I was actually out of town uh, uh, for that for the Home Run Derby. I was back for the All Star Game, but it was it, I, I got to see it kind of like you saw it, Professor. Kind of uh, in another removed from actually being there. You know, I can I can look out my window and see the damn park, so it's kind of surreal. To sometimes watch a game on TV and to know that it's happening right behind my back, uh, but this time it, being removed, being in another state, really made it feel like, oh my God, this is this is cool. This is what, uh, like like you said, like what does San Diego look like uh, on ESPN?
0: I didn't sit by any pottery fans, so I might have a completely different view of this because uh, everybody that I sat around was their players' families or corporate people. I sat next to the president of UCSD Health care like and, he did, and we talked about how it cost his uh the USC, ucsd healthcare healthcare four hundred thousand to put up that sign that i was staring at across the outfield so I, I, dude that's crazy or, that you
2: say that because that that is the one that stood out to me was the ucsd medical they they did a shot of i could tell that they were they strategically made sure to show their banner or whatever
0: yeah yeah no he was telling me about it and he was telling them that they're gonna where the placement event and all this stuff and like And I'm just like, man, I'm talking to this guy about fucking marketing at a baseball game. Like, that's not what I want to do. Like, 400 grand just to
1: be on national TV. See? We told you we had insider information. Wow. How about those jerseys? Can we talk about those jerseys? Highest selling
0: jersey for an All-Star game in the history of of, uh, the All-Star game.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the last city that had the record was San Francisco. 2007, and apparently we we shattered that record here in San Diego. Well, I didn't do anything. The people people who were consuming shirts in San Diego, uh, because how cool did those uh, brown and gold uniforms look? Those shirts.
2: It looked awesome. It, it looked so. It, it, not only did did the park look beautiful, the the blue sky, everything like it it looked really nice. And then on top of that, the uniforms just was just. That was just the the cherry on top, man. They looked they looked amazing.
1: I agree. Do you think the Padres will finally figure out that they need to go to that brown and brown and gold, or or, or they don't even need to because people people will buy that stuff anyways? Because isn't hasn't that been a controversy with the Padres yeah. or with the fans saying why don't we go back to the brown and gold? But but they you know somehow. Don't don't wanna don't wanna commit to that. Anything you can uh any inside information both of, any of you guys have up with regard to that?
0: I haven't liked the jersey since the the dark blue with the fryer on it, really. I think that's, that's cool. the I mean before that the pinstripes and the, before that I liked all of them, but um I think all the sand they always wanna like incorporate sand and blue into the fucking <laughs> like they always talk about you know the sand, the sand color. I'm like eh. And and on the on the yellow and, and brown jersey thing, um, being as close as I was to the field and like kind of just like queuing in on players' conversations and stuff, um, most at least on the American side because we were on the American league side, uh, a lot of the guys liked them, really liked them, and they're like talking about the jerseys and stuff like and how cool the colors were. Uh, David Ortiz, um, Mike Trout, and who was the other guy? Oh, and the pitcher for the Giants, he came over to say hi to David Ortiz, and the three of them were talking about how cool the jerseys were.
2: Yep. No, they are. It's, it, apparently, they, uh, uh, like when, when they were actually the, 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 jer- the uniforms, uh, a lot of people would, would talk shit about them. Uh, they, they used to be called the uh, Taco Bell uniforms. Right. Um, but yeah, today, they're arguably the best uniforms in, in, in baseball. Yeah. Um, Rumor is not from, uh, from another Padre analyst or pundit or whatever. Um, he said he has an inside scoop that uh,
1: the Padres are going back to Brown next season. Yes. Nice. Yeah. That that I mean, and then this this kind of this kind of just like uh was like the galvanized it, but it like basically they figured out this is this is this is where it's at, or were they already thinking about that before? I don't know because so I didn't
2: know um so my my whole thing on it was was why would the Padres go back to brown if they know that that is that that jersey is going to sell regardless. That's, so, yeah, that's that, that's another thing. Yes. That's the, always been my my take on it. The, the reason they they don't go they know that everyone loves it but they know that, be, but precisely because of that they can keep selling it and then and then they know that the the devoted fans who re up on every new jersey each year um, will continue to buy, you know, the sand color ones or whatever a new one they put out. Um, and that way they can sell both. But what I didn't know was the te- teams don't make teams make a really, really small profit off of mm. off of merch sales. It's MLB is the one who, MLB, yeah. who, who takes most of it. So, so apparently that's irrelevant. But then, even then, I, I wouldn't be surprised. MLB ult- ultimately has veto power. So, um, veto not veto your son Uh, (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) um where where they can so the so the team the padres will will say will suggest and it has to be i think a year in advance they they say this is what jersey we want to go what uniform we want to go with and the mlb can shoot it down and say nope like too similar to so-and-so or whatever for whatever reason if i were mlb I wouldn't allow it. I'd say no, no, no. Stay with your ugly ones that you keep that you've been doing for the past ten years. People still buy those, and then and let's just keep selling the shit out of those brown and yellow ones together.
0: Wait, that's, that's an actual process. That so how the hell did they ever allow us to look exactly like the Dodgers
2: or or like the Brewers or yeah?
0: Yeah, that's fucking. That's, I know that. Thanks for the insight on that. that really
2: I, I assume that's part of like. There's lots of factors that go into when they decide like okay they 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 green light or or red light a. A, a team's proposed uniforms but um so if 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 the rumor is true that that we're <laughs> going back to brown next season that would mean that it was already decided right um before the all star game but um but i don't like I said if I were MLB for the sake of, of profit I wouldn't
1: allow it
0: yeah I mean it makes sense because look at look at the power look what the powder blue yeah, I was just gonna of. say
1: like the powder blues
0: like they, they brought it back in on a on a not every game basis, but like, you know we're gonna do it like a couple times a season. And people buy the powder blue because like fuck, I'm gonna go to the fucking when they play the Raiders and they wear the powder blue, I'm gonna be wearing the powder blue too. So they go and buy that.
1: It is a really cool jersey. I don't. I'm not. i am not am not a big fan of football jerseys. Uh, I think they look funny when you put them on. They look like dresses. But um, uh, I think that's. I think the Chargers have one of the coolest uniforms in the in the NFL. Uh, Chris Berman agrees. Yeah, he loves awesome. Them. Uh, and then the other thing is, I uh, I am a big fan of the 1984 Padre jersey, the the one with the the lowercase letters on the the Padres. Oh, I yeah. think that's really a beautiful thing. And I'm also a big fan of white tennis shoes, white cleats in baseball. That's why there's something about the A's that I really like their uniform because they 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 still rock the white the white sneakers, the white cleats. Um, I think the the Astros did that for a little bit in the 80s. I've, I've always been a big fan of white cleats. Um, high socks? I love high socks. You know I'm old school, man. Tight but pants. High, tight pants, high socks, tight shirt, couple gold chains. Uh, not a big fan of the pajama look. Um, Rafa, you, you went to something that I think is really interesting that was part of the All-Star festivities, but... But, um, but it wasn't related to anything, actual gameplay. It wasn't something that involved baseball playing or baseball per se, but uh, it was baseball players. What did, what did you attend? What did you do? Tell us a little bit about an uh, event you attended.
0: Um, so a little backstory to the event. Uh, the owner of the restaurant that I run is really good friends with uh, Omar Minaya, which is the vice president of player affairs for the MLBPA. And he every time he comes to town, he brings... Uh, he brings in a contingency of retired players to have dinner at the restaurant so this time we hosted uh the the front office of the MLBPA so 30 people came in had dinner and I was granted access to uh the MLBPA 50th anniversary player party hosted by Jamie Fox and um we got players passes cuz we got it directly from the guy who's throwing the party you know so that was cool um other than the the hot girls and the players' little brothers, we're like the only non, I'm assuming, we're the only non-baseball-related people there, uh, Tommy and I, my roommate. And it was fun because, I mean, we had no business there, really. And it was just, I i don't know players well enough to know exactly who everybody was, but I off the top of my head, uh, Rick Henderson, Daryl Strawberry, uh, John Carlos Stanton was there. Jason Giambi, um, who else was there? Let's see. I mean, Raleigh Fingers, did I said already. Um, just a bunch of like just legends. Mike Myers, remember the guy? He had a stint with the Padres. He threw the sidearm guy. He was there. He was wasting. He's a very interesting guy. Uh, who else? Uh, Miggy there. Miguel Cabrera was there for a little bit, and it was it was an amazing thing. Uh, they were celebrating 50 years of representation of MLB players, and uh, the guy who gave the speech was uh, uh, Dave Winfield, Padre legend, Yankee legend, and it was uh, and it was just a celebration of 50 years of player representation, and like we're gonna keep doing this, and uh, it's a big party they have every year, but this one was special because it was the 50th anniversary. Jamie Foxx did a toast, all this thing, and people were partying, and it was a. Uh, it was a no holds bar like uh like i said we had no business there uh, all food all drinks everything was 100% covered at omnia which is part of the hofelson group from vegas it is an ultra lounge super fancy club and uh it was it was an amazing party it's probably the best party i've ever been to wow <laughs> wow
1: sounds like it so um
2: is Jamie, Fox- like, how how did Jamie Fox come to be the host? And um, and is that where? And Charlie Sheen was at this party.
0: Charlie Sheen, yes, showed up at one o'clock as I was leaving. <laughs> and so it's a funny story. Uh, Charlie Sheen, was- I was leaving and Charlie Sheen was arriving, and he people were like kind of around him, just uh, just it's Charlie Sheen, you know, he's legendary. Charlie Sheen, he's a fucking wild thing, you know. And people were trying to take pictures of him, and he was wasted. Let me tell you, this guy shows up in black sneakers, high white socks, cargo shorts, and a shirt, sunglasses at one in the morning. He was just trashed. He looked like <laughs> shit. He looked like Night of the Living Dead. Like he he looked like he was a dead man walking, and uh, escorted by this funny black guy. I don't know. He like was walking him everywhere. It was the weirdest thing. But he uh, point he pulls me out of the crowd because I was wearing an extremely floral pattern shirt. And he says, "Come here, and I go over to him, and he he whispers in my ear, he's like somewhere luau is weeping, and he starts laughing <laughs> and he uh and then we he's like, Sorry, I'm an asshole and he's like, But you get it, so we start talking, and then uh there's a few pictures we can probably post on the uh on the grandstand uh yes we'll put website, and uh, you can see like uh there's one picture where we're, like shadow boxing. And he's an outrageous guy. And then he asked me what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, we're about to leave. He's like, well, come back in. So we went in with Charlie Sheen, but then he was mobbed by everybody. So we broke off from the party and then just uh, just kind of just hung out. And then I ran into Spence, which is the clubhouse manager for the Padres. And he was hanging out with Jason John. but That's how I met Jason John because I ran into Spence. And he's like, oh, come to our table, thing," you know. And, um, yeah, it was uh, Charlie Sheen showed up at 1 in the morning and took over the party literally took over the party like he went straight to the dj booth took the mic
1: from fucking jamie fox and uh just uh he took just, the mic from jamie fox yeah is, is jamie fox a, a baseball fan yeah, that's, that's what i'm wondering
0: i'm not sure if he's a baseball fan just, this is the other thing i've i when omnia was a singer we had jamie fox host a party there he was there for 10 minutes he got paid he left. Uh, Jamie Fox got there at ten and was on stage the entire time, just emceeing the whole party, just like fucking. He like it wasn't like a commitment. It looked like he was there to have fun, and it was like. Is he cool? He seemed like a cool guy. He didn't seem cool when I when I first met when I first met him. I was a, I was part of a security detail, it was right after the the Ray the the Ray movie, so he was like high and mighty asshole like. Not a cool dude, but this time around he seemed like a really cool dude.
1: Interesting. I heard that from uh, from f- said by uh, a person in the clubhouse, Padre clubhouse. That uh when these guys, so when they're players and they're they're you know they're they're when they're studs and they're in the, they're when they're still playing, the the guys tend to be kind of kind of dickheads, kind of be kind of you know be prima donnas, and then. Something about retirement when they come back into the clubhouse for whatever reason they they typically mellow out. Um, so maybe I guess I mean imagine you're you're a gladiator on the national stage. People people jock you. You're gazillionaire and you get everything for free. And everywhere you go, people want to be with you, be around you. I mean, i, I must, it's gotta it's gotta really give you such a deluded version of reality, right? No,
0: totally. I. I, I was, my uh, concept of reality was diluted a little bit because I had a fucking a player's pass to be in this thing. We tried to go up through the commoner's door and like, oh, you ha- oh you're a player. You got to go up through the player's door. We're like, Haha. So we go in and, and because this was an MLB uh, sanctioned event, uh, there's no smoking on premises. So we had to leave the, the building every time it went smoke. So we had to go in and out this player's door. And people, there's girls out there, like, are you a player? Like, and after the third time I we went to go smoke a cigarette, it turned into like, yeah, I'm a player. And, like, these girls want, like, everybody wants to be around you. And the people are walking across the street to talk to us while we're smoking cigarettes. And for those of you that don't know me, I'm 6'7", 280 pounds. Like, I'm a big guy. So people ask me if I play sports all the time. So it's one of those, like, just assume you're big. So people are coming up to me, like, I'm a baseball player. Um, I was an asshole. I, I, on my way out, there's a row of cops, and I went up and shook all their hands and told them to be safe. And <laughs> I thanked them for all their service. And Daryl Strawberry, Ricky Henderson, and Boomer Chris Berman are all looking at me like, who is that guy? And as we are walking the street, and across the street, they're getting in their car, and Chris Berman was like trying to figure out who I was. And that was, uh, that was pretty much, and for one second, I felt like I was a real athlete there because Chris <laughs> Berman wanted to know who I was. You- Wait. <laughs>
1: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Professor. Go
0: ahead. I just figured they they, you
2: know, they assume like one of them just out of their ass just gave some like Polynesian NFL player's name, <laughs> just like assuming you're him.
0: Yeah, dude, that's
1: so... Yeah. Yeah. We uh,
0: On the whole thing about your boring, everything yeah. comes to you and everything, um, it got to the point where uh, having been a married man and, um, in any other situation... I would have gotten all those girls into the club, and I would have fucking, I would have ran with that, you know? And the girls, but it was also fun to be like, come up to the Wait, girl. Wait, did they and the ask girl, you if you're a player or a player? He's like, are you a baseball player? I'm like, yeah, and I told, I kept telling people I played for the Cincinnati Reds. So I was wearing bright red shoes, so it's the first thing that came <laughs> to my head. So, uh, yeah, the girl, uh, I'd, I'd come out, and girls are like, can you get us in? I'm like, oh, honey, there's already plenty of beautiful women in there. And would say an asshole things like that. And But as a baseball player, which I'm not, you can get away with saying shit like that. And I'd say, like, oh, my wife is here with me. And they'd be like, well, you don't have to hang out. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And, you, and it could be blatantly rude to beautiful women there. Had I been a single man, I would have, like, no, no question about it, gone home with, with any of those girls. But – because I was a baseball player, because I was walking out that door, I could be an asshole to these beautiful women, and they just deal with it because they wanted to get into the party with a baseball player.
1: And that kind of segues into what I want to talk about next. Unless, uh, professor, you have any, anything else you want to ask about this uh, rager that uh, Rafa attended? Um,
2: no, just you can just answer with yes or no. Um, is it is the rumor true that? Uh, Giancarlo's Stanton had, like, torpedo-sized syringes uh, with steroids uh, that he was just <laughs> injecting the entire
0: night? Uh, definitely did not uh, have him, but he definitely was weird because he just sat there the entire time and didn't even, like, he looked like he was in a trance. That was like, a weird thing.
2: He's roided to the gills, man. Oh,
1: are yeah. you kidding me?
0: And let me tell you the best part of this night. I forgot to mention this part. Uh, Tommy and I went to the rooftop. to gra- I went to go grab a beer and uh the dinner had just ended where all they host all the all-stars and uh we somehow accidentally got into this part of the party that wasn't open to the public yet and dave winfield says come on guys we're gonna go downstairs and toast (laughs) we're like all right so we walked downstairs with dave winfield and literally we're just walk up to the stage with him and just sat there and watched this whole toast because he's like come on guys let's go (laughs) it's like all right that's pretty awesome What were you gonna say? No, I was just saying, and I think again, it's all because I was dressed nice and I'm big, so everyone just assumed, oh, this guy must be a player or something. Did you have like a badge around your neck or something? Uh, No, but oh, oh, that's the other thing. Player—that's how you could differentiate the players from the non-players, because people with the people that that were just non-players, they were letting that badge fly, like like, oh, I'm in the players' party thing, you know. And all the players were just low-key, just kind of. Not wearing their badge, ah, kind of hanging out that, the back pocket. exactly what I wanted. Kind of hanging next. out the back pocket like mine was. So like it was because we didn't have a badge, we just had the ticket. So I stuck it in my back pocket, and everybody else kind of did the same. But everybody else and like the people that were, if you weren't a player, it's like people came there directly from the home run derby. So it's like uh, there's no dress code that night. So there's like people in, in shorts. Like were there of, players in uniforms. There was nobody wearing cleats.
1: A little slippery for cleats. Uh, the non-players like, were holding, holding like a like a high seat, like a box, a juice box, and like peeled like oranges that they got after the, the the home run derby was over. None of that. You didn't see any no, any of that. No. None of that. No. Like like a guy with black under his eyes. No. No. <laughs> didn't get any of that. I I, I I just I'm curious as to why Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, and Chris Berman were hanging out. No, when, no, Ricky Henderson. Oh, Ricky Henderson. Oh, and and so... Wait, Ricky Henderson, Daryl Strawberry, and Chris Berman? Yeah, Can you imagine there. the shit those they're guys must get into? Story.
0: They're just talking a story. And they're talking about, like, when I was uh, doing my service to my country as a baseball player and thanking the police officers, they were talking about, Do you, they're remembering about something when he was on ESPN. Tony Tarasco's name came up. And I don't—I wow. didn't catch exactly what was happening, but for they were talking about something that happened in the early '90s. So Tony Tarasco was being talked about. So um, Atlanta Braves—that's kind of cool. Right. He was an Indian or a Brave? I forget. I think he was at the Indians. His first baseman for the Indians.
1: So I—I I, was—I I, suppose I was supposed to have tickets, um, but but the tickets didn't come through. They—they—they they, they got sold to the highest bidder. So. I actually, this is no joke, I put on a seersucker suit because uh, in an effort to make everything great again, not just America, uh, I've I've, uh, decided that from now on, every time I attend a sporting event, I'm going to wear a suit, and that's my way of promoting making everything great again. Um, So I was already dressed up, ready to go, and it didn't go through, didn't happen. I reluctantly watched the first couple innings, waited for Will Myers to ground out the short, and then I decided to walk down to the park to see what was happening. And so I did a little perimeter walk, and and you know it was it was there was there was a buzz and the electricity in the air. And uh, I want to talk about first about uh, the lanyards. So the tickets. So for for all the major sporting events, uh, be it the All Star Game, the Super Bowl, the uh, whatever whatever event is going on. Part of the experience is is making you feel well. You dished out a lot of cash, but there's also this 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 feeling of exclusivity, like you're part of a, like something very exclusive. So they give you this lanyard with the ticket inside, and then of course those lanyards are, are color coded in different ways, so that when you walk around, it's a very it's a very uh, subtle way of saying that guy paid more for that ticket than the next guy next to him. And I just remember walking down there, just feeling really spiteful and resentful that as I was walking. This is the third inning, fourth inning. There are people leaving, going walking away from the park with their with their little with their lanyards and I would I asked people I would I said, "Can I have your ticket? Can I can I can I use your can I buy your ticket?" I didn't say, "Can I have? Can I buy your ticket?" And you can have your ticket back if you want to keep it as a memento. Uh, nobody no, not a single person budge. I don't even know if it's possible for me to get in with that same ticket. But um it was really it was really interesting because I proceeded to have a really good time just walking around and, and wa- walking into the bars and then watching from park in the park. But um, it's interesting that, that uh, just that observation of people walking around with their lanyards and, and feeling VIP and special. Um, it's, it's become, has it become less about the game and more about the total experience, Professor? Of course. And is that why it's, the game doesn't have any more worth and value? And why the old timers are saying, "Ah, what the hell? Like, what's the point? It's just the All Star Game." I feel like growing up as a kid, or did I just get old and that's what happened? But I feel like some of the old timers, the the baseball grandstanders that I talked to, they're, they they just kind of have this this disdain for the game. Like, it doesn't mean what it used to mean. Is it is it has it been ruined by too much commercialism? By the by the the, the, the after parties, by the home run derby, by by the jerseys, has. Has that been like added to the total experience, made it really fun and made drawn attention to baseball, but it, at the same time it's it's kind of just completely watered down and cheapened the the, the actual game?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: No, I so I, I think I think all the the stuff that goes on outside of the game is a is a good thing. Um in that I see I see the All Star Week as as just it's 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 like a it's a it's a break. It's like taking a break to party, and celebrate yeah. and celebrate the sport for a yeah. week. Um, because the game itself is, is, I don't think the commercialism or any of that has has taken away from it. In that, um, look at any All Star game in any sport. Like the the I think the big problem with All Star games is that you know sure there's the home field advantage situation, but. Any game that you watch where you know the players aren't really trying their hardest—that is what I see as the the main issue. With so, can we attribute that so
1: solely to players not wanting to get injured, and their managers in the middle of a pennant race saying, "Hey, you better you better take care of this pitcher. You better not let him throw more than twenty pitches." Can we attribute it solely to that, or is it or is it, the, is it part of part of the is it the commercialism also creeping in and, and kind of getting it from both ends? What do you think? Um,
2: yeah, is it solely, I mean, I think it is predominantly from, from, yeah, from the former, um, cause I mean just, it, it's, it's like, it's like a soccer friendly, you know? Right. Um, there, there, there isn't, what is at stake to, to risk an injury? Um, it's in the middle of the season. Um, so yeah, so I think it's more of like, the game is just, it's a, it's a time for guys to get together, friends, you know, they, they, you know, hang out, um, it's not so so meaningful. So at least at least there's all this other stuff going on around it that makes it really fun for for all the the people involved. And I think that's something that um, you know Ralph could speak to. Definitely, Yoshi's not here, but Yoshi could speak to that big time. In that, um, it seems like people had a great week. Um, yeah. with all so it's our celebration
1: of
0: baseball, The town yeah. was the best for sure. And it's uh, it's 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 a conference. It's a it's a convention. Yeah. It's it's a corporate event. People aren't going to the Austin because they have a vested interest in yeah <clears throat> you guys continue like and yeah. So just like um, coming, you you went to the, you saw the Super Bowl. You were there for that, and you like. I mean, there yeah, there's a lot of like uh, Raider and fucking Buccaneers fans there, but at the same time, like, what the fuck was Terry Reid doing there? Hammered, you know? It's just like. <laughs> It's just, it, it's not about like, especially I think All-Star Games and the Super Bowl. Not so much the World Series and NBA Finals and stuff, but I think the Super Bowl and All-Star Games, are, like whether it be basketball, hockey, whatever, it's just, uh, it's just, it's a commercialization of the sport and it's something that now needs to happen because it's just a yearly moneymaker and that's what happens. But with the Super Bowl, the game matters a lot though. The game matters, yeah. But I'm talking about as far as the fan, the people, the fans, yeah,
1: yeah, right, the fan base at present. But I I may be wrong in assuming that at some point the the game, the All Star game, did matter. It did have a, a, a a a social significance, especially if you considered yourself a National League guy or an American League guy. Has interplay had something like watering down the rivalry, the the effects of of guys competing and saying, "Damn, we're this is National League ball versus American League ball." I mean, that I feel like interleague. I'm I'm a fan of interleague, but at the same time, there was something really special about baseball and the fact that these guys, unless it was the World Series or the All Star Game, these guys never played against each other. It added to the mystique of it. and Of course, it's yeah. antiquated, it's old fashioned. I know it's. I know it's not the thing that's going to help baseball become more popular with uh, the younger crowd. But to tell you the truth, I feel like that contributed to it. And I would like to think that I grew up and that I got to see at least a little bit of that 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 heated, intense rivalry that existed between, you know, even when you sat down and you say, well, who you root for? And people were really – I'm talking about my uncles, the old grandstanders, saying, no, I'm a I'm a National League guy. You know, I, I'm an American League guy. And, and they would – there was there was something it was it was said with conviction it wasn't just like for today I'm picking this side it was it was like you're either one or the other and and you had you know or or maybe I was just a child and and I saw it in a different and that's probably what happened but what do you think of interleague uh, adding to that
2: Yeah 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 definitely uh, and that's something that's it's it's inter, interleague and also the um the fact that before it wasn't watching other teams play wasn't as accessible as it is now like now it's a lot easier for for anyone no matter where you live to to watch teams coast to coast right um so there's that and then also yes and then interleague play also um yeah has been has been um, attributed to um diluting the meaning from from the all-star game um so yeah I, th- I think that is that that does play a part and and you're right i do remember as a kid being very having so much more national league pride um I mean, shit, dude. Remember, like when Tony Gwynn, you know, slid into home during the All Star game. That's what that, I'm saying that, that was a, a that's one of my favorite experiences ever, like in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but then, so a lot of this comes back to also, I mean, to me, the All Star game is very much like a nostalgic thing. Um, yes, because uh, you said it just now. Something about the way I experienced this whole thing as a kid is so different from the way I experience it now. Right and uh, maybe it's because as you get older, you realize it's not it's not as uh, meaningful as, as you <laughs> thought it was as a kid. I don't know.
1: Um, it was one interesting thing was that the, the home team finally uh, put in a good performance at Petco. That was nice <laughs> uh, when they. But yet, the, anyways.
0: Uh, well, a little quick thing on sides, a little insider info for the grandstanders. Um, according to MLB and my sources, and uh, they, I, uh, hosted for dinner on Sunday night. Uh, potters were very ill prepared for the all-star game. <laughs> what, do you mean, uh, what do you mean? Uh, not enough lockers. They had to go in and build lockers while players are like changing and shit. Guys had boxes stacked on shit stacked on boxes as their locker while they built in lockers. Um, just I at, at this dinner that I hosted for the MLBPA, I uh, everybody got loose. A lot of wine flowing. And everybody, the general consensus was, what the fuck? Did the Padres not know the All-Star game was coming here? Was the general consensus as far as uh, from the player
1: operation side, like as far as having things ready for the players. But as far as the city, this has been called a successful, we we'd successfully, we, we hosted it a successful All Star Game. Hasn't well, that been
0: financial side? It was extremely and successful. And then just
1: just, just, just the appearance wise, doesn't isn't that the takeaway? Mm-hmm. Like, like, isn't that what the buzz is that we we Absolutely. put on a good show? Absolutely,
0: yeah.
2: That's really interesting. Yeah, because that's all all you hear about is is what a great job San Diego did to host it. So to hear that what you're saying, that's um, uh, really lo- looking behind the curtain. Um, and then did you hear about majestic?
1: What, That they brought in more jerseys,
0: <laughs> yeah. Like they were bringing
1: the executives. Yeah, <laughs> their suitcase. Tell that story, please. Tell it was whatever. just
2: a, it was in the in the Union Tribune, um, how they did not anticipate how many how well the jerseys were going to sell. So when exec, Maj, executives from Majestic were just flying into town to you know to to go to the game or whatever to the event, the um, they were stuffing their suitcases <laughs> with as many jerseys as they could.
0: No way, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs>
1: that's that would be such a great image uh it's like this this yeah that's beautiful
0: one thing that i uh i don't know i sometimes i think i'm weird for noticing things like this but the i live in the flight path of Lindbergh field linberg field and um saw a lot of private jets man like a lot like like they outnumber commercial and there's like you could just see the the traffic like it was kind of like uh, during the Super Bowl when you would drive on the on the five and you look over the tarmac and there's just fucking private jets like stacked up on each other and that's what it was like and that was a uh, and every time one of those would fly over I was just thinking about how much money was in that plane at like as far as like what the people were, are worth that were in those planes and these companies that sent them there just because hey you're the CEO of fucking some pharmaceutical company hey everyone if the CEO of this pharmaceutical company is going to the All Star Game. Then the CEO of this plastic company's got to go too, because that's what you do when you're rich. You know, you in the
1: in the summer, it's definitely the premier event on a national level in the United States. It definitely is it is it's it's the it's the biggest sports party there is. Not to
0: mention it's the only sporting event going on at the on that day. Yeah, it's uh, relevance. Right.
1: I think that's why they host the ESPYs the day after, because it's one of those days where there's no sports. Yeah, everyone can come. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, all I can imagine with the executives when I read that, the first thing I thought about was. Was these like uh, these these bald headed uh, uh, white guys with with briefcases like just stuffing them in as they're leaving? You know they're like bringing more shirts and kind of like shirts sticking out of the suitcase, and then like going through security and then people people just opening the bags to check them and just fucking brown shirts just flying everywhere and watching a TSA agent trying to stuff the fucking back brown shirts back in. I I thought that was the funniest shit. The other thing I wanted to say earlier was. Uh, I love seeing the so the, the the brown uniforms. There was there was a lot of brown hats everywhere, brown brown and gold hats. And the uh, there was my favorite was seeing the Dodger fans with the brown and gold, but with a stupid Dodger and you know uh, blasted on the on the on the cap. And I just kept I just gave me a chuckle every single time. So much so that I had to take a picture of one guy because he looked so ridiculous wearing his Dodger blue shirt and a and a brown and gold Padre hat. I thought that was beautiful. That made my day. Um, uh, eventually I made it to, uh, behind park at the park. It was really beautiful to see images of people peering in through park in the park behind the, the behind the stadium. And, uh, and also, uh, through that, you know, that little side in, that side, uh, that side corridor that leads to uh, stone brewery and some other bars, you know, what I'm talking about professor. Yeah. So it was really nice. People were just lined up watching the, the 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 screen and just kind of feeling like you're there except for this 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 railing this fence that's separating you and and uh, everybody had different feelings about it i was kind of pissed off that the kids there's a hundred kids on the baseball field playing and i kept thinking jesus christ they're, they came to the all-star game and they're playing baseball i'm like go watch the fucking game please do it for do it for us that are just standing here begging to get in right um but I get it. It's part of the game. It's part of the festivities, and I'm just really old-fashioned. I don't know shit about how it works now. But um, I, I have to say the All-Star Games did something really beautiful for me, and that is that it made me love and appreciate Petco Park because of what I'm just telling you now. I felt like I was there at the game. And I went to the game in 92, and I was a young man, and I, got, I was fortunate enough to get a ticket. I wasn't fortunate enough this time, but uh, I... I, I was really happy with, I know that you can't watch the field, but I just had the sense, I had the feeling, and it was like I attended the All-Star game, but I really did it. Um, so I, I have a new love and appreciation for Petco because of that, that really odd access that it provides to the atmosphere and the feeling of the game, and, and that's really what I was searching for and looking for. Uh, Professor, anything you want to add to that? Rafael? Question. Do, do people still stand outside Wrigley? And watch it
0: from beyond the gates. Do they still do that? Jacobs? Do they still do it Like all these, the like East Coast ballparks. Like, because as a kid, I thought that was really cool. Like when people would like stand outside Wrigley and watch it on that screen, or stand outside. There's a fence. I think it's Jacobs Field. Jacobs Field is where the Indians play. Well, yeah, there used that, to be, yeah. And that, there was, was tons the of
1: movie. there was the old old school old school ballparks. That was that was like a part of a uh, part of the design. They built yeah. these little peepholes for yeah, people. people. Yeah, it's like people watching through the people. And as a kid, I think that I was
0: like, "That's awesome!" Like, these guys, like love their team so much. They're just like, they leave, they they go and watch, they stand and watch it from a people, you know. So I kind of, I I did notice that, and it did, did kind of bring that back, like, oh, the excitement of just being there. Like you can like see a slither of the game, yet you're just standing here to see that slither, and I that kind of brought back nostalgia, like seeing that because as a kid, I never had that. I. I'd see this on ESPN. I'm like, damn, look at these guys, like, standing outside watching through people in uh, this 11-in 11, 11 game. They have, they're, have, they like, I don't know, they're blue-collar guys. they got to go work tomorrow morning, but they're there to see their team through people. I think that's amazing. If I
1: had tried to do that at Qualcomm, it would have it's just, it's a bowl that's covered. It's impossible. There would have been nothing. Although that really cool image you sent, Professor, of those guys standing over the stadium on a hill with a TV was pretty cool. Uh, I, I... I I was really happy that I that I walked down there and the way I was really happy that I didn't get in cuz I was able to appreciate uh the, the the grandstanding more than the actual game and there was some beautiful grandstanding going on uh it was it, it made me really happy to see as as absurd or as odd as it sounds to see so many people lined up like I said at the at the gates just trying to get a feel for what was happening in there and to see people leaving or to see people just walking around like like zombies not really like participating in the actual game but it was it was really beautiful to see the 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 the, the, the baseball junkies like myself who are i'm reluctant uh, baseball junkie because i always say i'm so sick of it but there i was watching there i was uh, wanting to be a part of something that still holds a lot of value uh... for me uh... i want to just close with one one thing and then you guys can comment as to, I like to get into the conspiratorial as to why things become the way they become in sport, and my theory is that in 2003, I believe, when the All-Star Game was held in Baltimore at the Camden Yards, Oriole Park, there was a, a matchup between between uh, John Cruck and Randy Johnson. Yes. Mm-hmm. and uh, the, the 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 matchup was he struck him out i think but the matchup was 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 memorable because the John, Randy Johnson was this really tall lanky uh, gas heat throwing uh, pitcher and John Kruk was this this kind of chunky chubby funny lovable really amazing hitter who 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 i think if he had taken himself well actually maybe he did take take himself serious he just like was just having fun with it but John Kruk was a great hitter uh, he played for the Padres, I think. Ended up playing with the Phillies and somebody else, but he had this exchange with Randy Johnson, where Randy Johnson throws a fastball that come kind of comes close to his head, and and there's it, it kind of made light of this. It was like this light-hearted uh, breaking of of character. It was kind of it was funny, and it was like breaking the breaking the kayfabe. kayfabe. And and I think that. I've seen since I've watched All Star Games since then. I've seen more and more of the game turning into this, you know. This it, it, the, the game reminds me more of a pickup game and less of a actual game that matters. And I want to attribute that to the singular moment when that started to occur, where people started to go from uh, for, where the game started to become less about uh, about winning and the pride, and more about ah, you know what? Let's just let's just screw this this serious thing. Let's just have fun with it, which is fine. But at the other hand, the, the, the game has suffered in the sense that it's, it's no longer serious. And, and for people like me who want to see that, uh, it's kind of slowly faded away. And I want to I wanna use the, the, something I heard Joe Buck say during the, um, during the, the game. He, uh, there's a play where there's a play at second and, and the, the runner slides in the second and he's got, a, he's got his, his foot up or his leg up. On the kind of like trying to break up the play, but obviously not going to hurt the guy because it's an all-star game and it's not. That's not what the intention is. But he kind of puts his foot up on him, and and they, they they have this jovial like funny exchange where he he was trying to slide at him, but he ends up putting his leg on, putting kicking his leg up on the other guy's leg, and it looks silly. And they get up and they hug and oh how are you? Nice to see you. Blah blah blah. And then later on, and then Joe Buck says, everybody's friends at the All Star game. And I thought, that's despicable. That makes me mad. That shouldn't be that. It's a fucking game. Play it like a goddamn game. And of course, I I, I accept and I understand that it is just a game and that it's especially the All Star game, no one wants to get hurt. But then later, I saw an umpire trying to get into the funnies. And I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's where I draw the line, man. Umpire, fucking be serious. You're the symbol of authority, you're the symbol of, of me. Uh, having a a place to yell and say god damn it the guy in blue that's where i take out my rage um is it just become so fucking silly and that's really what's made the game just no longer valuable that we just in in an effort to break the to break the 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 kayfabe we ended up with this really silly thing that just doesn't matter anymore
0: yes i i that's
1: one of my biggest beefs with baseball right now um
0: my limited access to players, like I've had in the last year, um, I've noticed this. This just like it's it's a it's a boys club camaraderie. Like, hey, we're all baseball players. Let's not fight. We're all millionaires. Let's not fight. Um, when Will Myers and Mad Bum Madison Bumgarner got into it uh, a couple months ago, um, people in the fans were like, "Come on, guys, it's just a game." And I'm like, "No, like." <laughs> He threw at him, and he talked shit when he struck him out. Like it's not just a game. Like yeah, they should fight. Like and just like this whole camaraderie. Like one of like guys like show up to first base, and it's like like the whole like I don't know what the hell they're talking about. How's your mom? Like how's your wife? Like hey man, how's your stay in KC? I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're talking about, but they're all friends now. And then when we and when they when somebody gets in a fight, and it's just like. It's it's a oh my god, like what a bad role model. It's like no, this is what it's it's a competition. You're trying to be the best. You're going out to be the world champion. And it's just I I I don't know. I think it's um the camaraderie has gone too much. I mean everyone's friends, everyone's nice except Derek Norris. I think Derek Norris is the last asshole in baseball. And as much as I don't like the guy, I gotta salute him for that. You know, he doesn't like people, and he's there to win. <laughs> and even though he's not doing a very good job at it, and maybe he's not trying right enough. He uh, he he's, he's, he goes on out there. You shouldn't smile on a baseball field unless you won. As I, is what I'm saying, as ultimately what I'm trying to get at. Professor, you're more sensible. I mean, yeah. W- when it
2: comes to the All Star Game, um, don't, don't 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 go don't go into it thinking you're going to watch a competition, but rather it's more of a performance.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's really all that is to left left to say about that. Which which but- not not coincidentally,
2: um, the following day the ESPYS were hosted by John Cena. <laughs> really? That's right. That's right.
0: That's you can't see me, guy.
2: Yeah, and, and he had his, the opening, like, monologue uh, was basically saying, as much as you guys want to shit on wrestling, let's not, he basically he did this whole thing on, like, professional sports are not that much different.
0: Well, I Whoa. feel like, I Beautiful. feel, I, you know what, and I thought about this, and it, this whole, the, especially the home run derby, was more WWE-like than it was baseball-like. I think all of sports
2: are becoming and, and politics are becoming more WWE like. Right.
0: You got 3 more hours to talk about this? <laughs> uh
1: by the way stay tuned uh next Sunday we release uh the last and final episode of of, of season 2 with uh with regard to non-mainstream sports. Uh, of course this was a special edition All-Star Game edition but uh we will have uh, Dan Dan Porus uh on the show talking about uh, the ultimate in in uh in in of all sports uh the 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 most mainstream of all sports, uh, politics. We'll be talking about that next week, so uh, make sure you tune in for that. Anything else you want to add? I think the the John Cena comment kind of gets at the heart of what we've kind of discussed a little bit today. Uh, anything you want to add to that, Professor? I I, I think um, I
2: I just I'll I, I'll just say this to end it. Up. I felt really uh, proud to be a San Diegan watching the festivities. On te- uh, from the east coast.
1: Awesome. And and I mean, what can we say? It's it's a beautiful game, and, and I think it's evident from the fact that uh, that I was I, I, I bitch and complain so much about baseball, but there I am. It's like this 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 girl that I just can't break up with, you know. And she just keeps coming back, and she keeps like saying, uh, luring me in with something. And I don't know if this relationship will ever end, but I know that uh, for as long as I, I will as long as I'm in the grandstand, I will continue to say uh, I, I long for the, uh, the the glory days when America was uh, great uh, and baseball was uh, the, the 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 national pastime and all that bullshit. Um, so, anyways, read into it whatever you want. Rafael, anything else? I want to just add one thing to what you just
0: said. Uh, I went to the Home Run Derby with a, a Yankee fan, born and raised in the Bronx. Has only been in California for two and a half months. And he was appalled by the fact that people told him to sit down, by the fact that when he snapped on a lady, that people thought it was like, like, oh my God, like, he was just like, what is wrong with San Diego? He was appalled by the fact that somebody uh, asked the usher to come tell him to calm down. He's like, he 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 didn't get it. He was so he was so mad that ushers even tell you to sit down. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll, I'll say this: um, may, maybe, maybe uh, Yankee games were a certain way at at one point because um, today uh, they're shit. Then they're they're just as, as sanitized.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think that everywhere, that like everywhere, every sport has become more and more sanitized. And there's really nothing wrong with that. That's fine, but but let's not lose some of that that competitive fire that makes sports worth watching and we don't we don't need to expect that of the all-star game I understand it's an exhibition and that's exactly what it should stay as and and I don't want players to get hurt uh, or or to sacrifice their careers for uh for for my entertainment but I'm just saying like uh, put a little heat on that put a little more sauce on that chicken please you know all right we're out Go for the whole
0: hey now you're an all-star get your game on
1: show on.